0: Yeah. Well, turn to somebody, give them a fist bump or the huggy thing with your butt sticking out or something, and just say, God's good. God is good. I'm going to need this. Pastor Justin, Pastor Justin, if I go home and I tell my husband that there's an opportunity for him to be alone in a room with 300 women, if he'll learn to sing, you're going to be giving him singing lessons very soon. I remember I used to go to um, Foursquare conventions, and they would always have a, a luncheon for the pastor's wives and Walt every single conference asked me can I go to the pastor's wives luncheon (laughs) no no well we're gonna talk about the good today that I have tonight hey Angela gosh I'm just seeing so many people today that I haven't seen in a long time it's just lovely um we're going to talk about the Good Shepherd tonight, and we're going to talk about him in a way that when I started to prepare for this, I thought, what in the world, Lord? So I have had to whittle this down and whittle this down and whittle this down, but the good news is out of it is going to come a four-part series, um, So, because I, I could not fit it all in tonight, so I think God used tonight to actually launch an, another teaching, but anyway... In Matthew chapter 17, the disciples who were closest to Jesus, James, John, and Peter, all experienced an incredible encounter with God. It was on the Mount of Transfiguration and God revealed all of his glory to these disciples when he burst into the moment and began to speak to them. Of all the things that God could say to these men who followed him everywhere that he went, every single day, what God said was, This is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. Listen to him. Note, God did not say, Follow him, didn't say, Enjoy him, didn't say, Serve him. He said, Listen. To him, In Revelation chapter 2 and chapter 3, seven times the Spirit of the Lord says, let he who has ears, let him hear what the Spirit of the Lord says. In the book of Isaiah, seven times, God says, listen to me. And in Jeremiah 7.13, God says, I spoke to you repeatedly, but you would not listen. Who do you listen to and how do you know it's the Lord that you are hearing? That's our question tonight. I'm sure you're like me, I talk to myself a lot. In fact, based on the running conversations that I have, one would think that I'm my best friend. At Queen's University, they completed a study in 2020 that reported that the average person, as was men and women combined, um, has approximately 6,200 thoughts per day. Assuming a person sleeps about eight hours, it means that the average person has about 387 thoughts wishing per hour. So with all these thoughts swishing around in our minds, how do we know what thoughts, what impressions, what promptings, what directions are from God, a demonic force, a movie we watch during the week, or just from our own imagination? Do you ever find yourself asking, is this my idea or something God is guiding me to do? Well, as his daughters, it's important for us that we are able to discern our Heavenly Father's voice. I became a grandmother this past December. Yes, you knew I was going to work it in. You knew I was going to work it in. Okay, so I know, be still my heart so um, Isla already has her first cheerleading outfit. That was at one week for the first Panther game. She watched. That's from two twos and, t- uh, two twos and touchdowns. I just think it's horrible. Anyway, she's perfect. Um, but one of the things I was amazed by when we went to hold her for the first time on Christmas Day, like talk about a great present. Um, was the amount of clothes this girl had. Now, I knew she was going to be well-dressed for life, but, I mean, she had tubs and tubs of clothes because relatives and friends, my, my son and his daughter, um, and his, not his daughter, my daughter-in-law, um, they had Isla a little later in life, and so friends had lots of clothes, and Isla has hand-me-downs that goes for miles. But what I wanna point out to you is hand-me-downs are a wonderful blessing when it comes to clothes. But we don't want hand-me-down revelations from God. We wanna hear from the Lord ourselves, for ourselves. The main difference between a believer in Christ and a non-believer is that believers have a, a living personal relationship with God. And relationships are marked by two-way communications. In John chapter 10, Jesus is contrasting himself as the good shepherd with Satan, the thief. And as the good shepherd, he tells us, the sheep, that we all, nobody excluded, we all can hear his voice. Let's read these verses um, together. Very truly, I tell you Pharisees, anyone who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate, but climbs in by some other way is a thief and a robber. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for himself and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will not come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to kill and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. So to summarize these verses, we're the sheep, Jesus is our shepherd, and as his sheep, we hear his voice and listen to it. Now, a sheepfold or a sheep pen was a very broad area of land with natural fencing around it. Up to 10 shepherds would lead their sheep, their flock of about 100, into one of these sheepfolds at night. Then one of the shepherds would stay there while the other nine went into into town or went to find their place of rest for the night. That one shepherd would lay across the opening and he uh, kind of was like a human gate. In the morning, the other shepherds would come back and, at one at a time, they would go into the middle of the sheepfold, this area, and they would call out to their sheep, their particular sheep, and only the sheep that they shepherd would follow them out of that sheepfold. Isn't that amazing? Without um, all the 100 sheep that belonged to the shepherd knew that shepherd's voice, and they did not follow one of the other nine shepherds out of that sheep pen. Amazing. They had a relationship. The sheep and the shepherd had a relationship, and that relationship was marked by the ability to communicate, communications. Now, in relationships, communications can be misunderstood. I've been married to my wonderful husband, Walt, for nearly 33 years. Seems like only 30. Um, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Don't tell him I said that. Um, And our communications has definitely improved over the years. However, there are times when I speak to Walt and he says later that he did not hear me. Or there are times when I speak to Walt and he says, I did not understand you. I I didn't understand what you were trying to communicate to me. Now, ladies, I know this for a fact. There is a key to ensuring that our men hear us and understand us. I don't know what the key is, but I am absolutely positive (laughs) that there is a key. And I will find it out. Just like our human relationships, our re- as our relationship with the Lord develops over time, our communications with him, our speaking with him, our hearing him begins to improve as well. God does speak to us, and it gets easier to discern his voice the longer you journey with him. Now, when people say, God spoke to me, of the time, they're not, well, probably 99.999% of the time, they're not saying that God literally spoke to them in an audible, baritone voice. We're born with physical ears, and we hear with our physical ears. But when we're born again, which is a spiritual birth, we begin to hear with our spirit. It's that inner place that we hear the Lord. Um, which is one reason why I prefer to say, I sense the Lord, I sense the Lord is showing me. I sense the Lord is prompting me. I sense the Lord is instructing me. Um, because there's a lot of people, number one, in this war, in Christendom, that have been very hurt by the phrase, God told me to tell you, boom. It's pained a lot of people. Um, and also, when you're a relatively new follower of Jesus and you hear somebody say, God told me, God told me, God told me, you're like, whoa, I don't know if I want to do this God thing because I don't want to be hearing voices all the time. So, I think we need, I think we need to be sensitive in how we communicate um, hearing from the Lord and lessen the confusion amongst our younger sisters. Anyway. Um, So what does the shepherd's voice sound like? How do we distinguish his voice from all the other voices? I'm going to give you just five filters. I actually found about nine, but we only have time for about five filters just out of these verses tonight. First of all, the good shepherd's voice leads us and guides us. Now shepherds use two basic tools. And I had a very dear friend who's in heaven now um, brought this shepherd staff um, back to me from Israel. And I just, I treasure it so much. But they, um, shepherds use two different instruments. One is a rod. A rod is very short. It's only about this long and it has like a little probe at the end of it. And it was used more as an offensive weapon to keep the enemy away. Um, but the, the, um, staff is more for guiding and directing sheep would get caught in the bramble bushes and they could they could take the crook of the staff and grab it around their leg and pull them out of the out of the bushes also sheep are known to be able to walk on very narrow ledges and they would go up the mountains and get caught and the shepherd could kind of guide them and direct them and keep them from falling off of the mountain and hurting themselves or just wandering and um, going somewhere where they they shouldn't be going. They could take it, grab kind of the crook of the back of their knee and begin to pull them back to where they really needed them to be. When the good shepherd guides and directs us, um, he's leading us with his voice. What I want to really make a point of is he leads us. His voice sounds like beckoning and leading. He doesn't drive us. You drive cattle. You lead sheep. Have you ever heard in those movies the ca- the cowboys and what are they doing? They're going, yeah, yeah, you know, and cracking the whip. If you feel driven to do something, to say something. That's probably not the voice of your good shepherd because he is, he's not brash. He's not aggressive in his voice. As a shepherd, he just leads us and guides us and pulls us in a direction. Come with me. Come this way. Come this way just as we have a variety of communication tools that we can use to speak with each other email phone text messaging etc the lord uses a variety of communication tools to speak with us now we don't have time to go over these this is what I mean by it's it's a much longer teaching but what I do have is i have a handout for you when you leave tonight that lists the, the 10 ways that God will speak to you and the scripture verses that go with them so you are going to get a hard copy but let me just go over these really fast first way he speaks through the scriptures second he speaks through circumstances just think of Jonah um, the council of wise believers he speaks through peace you have to be careful about that one um, he speaks through people through dreams and visions um, through thoughts Uh, we have the mind of Christ, meaning we can think his thoughts, Um, through nature, which is very nonverbal, obviously, through supernatural manifestations, and then through the whisper, the prompting of the heart. And like I said, you can pick these up, and there's lots of scripture references. You can do a little study on your own on those. Um, But um, I just wanted to mention There is a variety of ways in which he is going to speak. The question isn't, does God speak? It's obvious that he does. The question is, are we tuned in? Now, there are airwaves going on all the time, but I don't always have Pandora or Spotify on, right? When do I hear the music that's already playing? When I go to the app and I turn it on, right? So we have, to, we have to tune in in order to hear his voice. Second, the good shepherd's voice is going to bring comfort. Psalm 23 says, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Another way that we distinguish the good shepherd's voice from other voices is that his voice brings comfort, not condemnation. Even when the Lord corrects us, it's in a tone of compassionate care. He doesn't put us down. He doesn't belittle us. He he, um, speaks in ways that lift us up. I always say I can get a good spanking from God and go, thank you very much. You know, I needed that. If you hear an inner impression that sounds accusatory, demeaning, or devaluing, That is not your good shepherd speaking. It's either a broken part of you that needs healing or it's the enemy who's called the accuser of the brethren in Revelation chapter 12. The voice of the good shepherd also will always match his character. David wrote in Psalm 26 verse three, your constant love is my guide. Your faithfulness always leads me. The Lord isn't gonna guide you, give you an idea or a prompting or an impression that is contrary to his character. For instance, we all know that one of the names of the Lord is Jehovah Shalom. The Lord is my peace, my total well-being. Um, Therefore, if an idea, a prompting, or an impression comes to you that will promote harmony, not strife, it's probably from the good shepherd. If it doesn't produce division or throw people in disarray, it's probably the good shepherd speaking to you. However, if a thought carried out will create confusion or a combative environment like gossip does, it's from a hellish force or a really bad casserole. It's not inspired, it's not inspired by the voice of the good shepherd. Now, he might challenge you, challenge you to step out of your comfort zone, challenge you to write that letter of forgiveness. It might not feel really good, but it, but it lacks a bite when you hear from him. It doesn't have that, uh, that bite to where you feel any shame or uh, uh, attacked in any way. Because we know the character of our shepherd is merciful, if you hear someone say, I've heard from God, but their attitude is judgmental, accusatory, or harsh, You can be assured they have not heard from the good shepherd. I think I should get an amen on that one. (laughs) The good shepherd's voice is also life-giving. What did he say about himself in these verses? The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full, I am the good shepherd and the good shepherd lays his life down for the sheep. The thief comes to steal, to take, to not give life. The good shepherd comes to give life and what thoughts and promptings that he speaks to you will produce life. If you have a prompting to write a note of encouragement, it's probably from the good shepherd because that note's going to bring life to someone. If you have a prompting to slander someone, gossip, I doubt it's from the Lord because the results are going to hurt someone and be life restricting. Gossip is stealing that person's ability to speak for themselves. Let's say that you have a prompting to purchase something and you get home but you decide you're just gonna keep it in your trunk for a few days and bring it out when your husband goes to work. (laughs) Guess what? That prompting's not from the good shepherd because keeping secrets and hiding things is not life-giving. Any thought, idea, or impression that leads you to restricting life is not from God. But let's say that you're reading your Bible and all of a sudden you start writing in the margins because you've got this you didn't have it 5 understanding of a principle that you never had five, you didn't have it five minutes before. And you're just writing furiously. Oh, this is what this means. Guess what? That's God speaking to you. That's the good shepherd moving through your thoughts and having you put them down on paper. I think he speaks to us so much more than we realize and that we give him credit for. And we should give him praise for all these times that he is speaking to us. I used to get very frustrated when I would remember halfway to work that my phone was on the kitchen counter. And then I realized, wait a minute, I'm praying all the time for the Lord to speak, to guide, to direct me, to influence me throughout the day. Why would he not remind me that my phone is on the kitchen counter and save me all that frustration that's going to come? So now every time I remember, I go, thank you, Lord. Thank you so much. Turn the car around because you're producing life within me. You're saving me from frustration and aggravation. And you're telling me halfway you didn't wait till I got all the way to work. (laughs) Thank you. And then this is the one that I really wanted to hone in on tonight today. The good shepherd's voice is truth. The good shepherd speaks the truth and the primary way that he speaks truth to us is through the word of God, the scriptures. In fact, he's the author of the word and he is the living word. And that list that you're going to get when you leave here, the one thing you need to remember is, All these nine other ways all need to line up to what is written in the Bible. You don't just go with what somebody says. You don't just go with a dream or a vision. It has to be in agreement with what the word of God says. The Bible isn't just a collection of interesting stories or principles for living. It is the voice of God recorded for all time. It is the voice of truth. I repeat the words of Jesus that he spoke that were recorded in John 16:13 but when he the holy spirit the spirit of truth comes he will guide you into all the truth the shepherd of our soul only speaks the truth and will never speak to us in a way that contradicts what he has already spoken in the scriptures. Prompting to do. The Lord will never suggest to you or give you a prompting to do something that is contrary to what is communicated in the scriptures. Opinions are like noses. Everybody has one. You can tweet that. Everybody can have their opinion, but having an opinion doesn't make it the truth. Got that? I'm going to say it again. Everyone can have an opinion, but having an opinion doesn't make it the truth. Centuries ago, the scientist's opinion was that the world was flat. That opinion changed, and they believed that the earth was round. But centuries before, the scientist's agreed that the earth was round, the Holy Spirit had spoken through Isaiah, recorded in uh, chapter 40, verse 22, that the earth is a sphere. The word of God was truth, even when the prevailing opinions thought differently. Opinions change, truth doesn't change. Science changes, truth doesn't change. Here's a more current example. The prophet Ezekiel recorded about 2,500 years ago in Ezekiel 38 that a day was going to come when a group of five to six nations would form a consortium and come against Israel. But there would be Dan, Dadan, and Sheba would defend Israel and they would protest the assault on Israel. Now Sheba and Dedan today is known as the area of Saudi Arabia. If Saudi Arabia is going to defend Israel, there's going to have to be some form of friendly relations between them, which for centuries has thought to be utterly impossible. Never happen. never happened. Before 1948, Israel wasn't even a nation to come against. And then since 1948, people have believed that it would be utterly impossible for a country that is 90% Sunni Muslim to ever befriend Israel. Well, guess what? About 10 days ago, the Israeli defense minister for the first time in history visited Bahrain, a nation in the UAE. And guess who had to give Israel Air Force permission to first time in history, permission to fly through their airspace to get to Bahrain, Saudi Arabia. Mm -hmm. There is a developing friendly relationship that is happening between Saudi Arabia and Israel. Opinions said it could never happen. I think we've given the Lord a good hearty belly laugh with our opinions. Ladies, we may not understand everything spoken to us in the scriptures, but I stand here today boldly to declare that everything that is spoken in the scriptures is truth. Absolute truth, whether we understand it or not. Sin is more than breaking God's boundaries. Sin is the outgrowth of pride and wanting autonomy. It's believing that your opinion is more reliable than what God says. God speaks to us throughout the scriptures that sex is to be enjoyed as the glue between a husband and a wife. And it's reserved as their pleasure, the pleasure between them. If you're dating and you have a prompting to try to try things out a little bit before marriage, that isn't God speaking to you. You say, but come on, Michelle, it's the 21st century. Seriously, I mean, this book is so old. Things have changed, culture's changed. Well, do you really think that God is going to whisper back to you, oh dear, sorry, I forgot, culture (coughs) evolves. I shouldn't have recorded that. No, culture changes. Truth does not. I want you to say that with me. Culture changes. Truth does not. Your opinion, my opinion, is not more reliable than the words that God has already spoken. We just need those words revealed to us more and more. The sheep know and listen to the shepherd's voice. If you've ever met a person of great faith, You've met a person who listens to God and has learned how to discern his voice above all the other voices. In describing himself as the good shepherd, Jesus says in John chapter 10, verses 4 and 5, When he has brought out all his own, he goes ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. And they will never follow a stranger away from him. Fact... They will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Then 27, my sheep listen to my voice and I know them and they follow me. Another translation says, the sheep will never hearken unto the voice of another shepherd. We are in a time and season when recognizing the difference between the Lord's voice and the voice of the stranger is never more important. Our adversary, the thief, will try to rob us of the voice of God if we do not draw near to him. The apostle Paul forecasted a season of time that will come when a large number of sheep who have been following the Good Shepherd will reject age-tested truth in favor of listening to teachings that satisfy desires and personal preferences. Paul's quoted in 2 Timothy 4 verses 3 and 4. For a time is coming when people, talking about the body of Christ, will no longer listen to sound To sound doctrine and wholesome teaching. That means proven, time-tested teachings. They will follow their own desires and will look for teachers who will tell them whatever their itching ears want to hear. They will reject the truth and they will chase after myths. And that word for myths is fables. The less time you spend listening to the truth in God's word, the more susceptible you will be to deception. Proverbs 14, 15 says, only simpletons believe everything they're told. And then the apostle John wrote in 1 John 4one do don't believe everything you hear just because someone says it is a message from God. Test it first to see if it really is. Well, when I combine those two verses together, my version would be, don't be a simpleton sheep. Test everything you hear against the truth of God's word. Make sure you are listening to the voice of the good shepherd and not to another voice. As we feed on his word, the Holy Spirit writes it upon our heart. And then when somebody says something or we have a thought or an impression that doesn't line up with the word, we respond with, well, that sounds strange. And that's an indication another voice is trying to lure you. In Matthew 24, Jesus gives the disciples the signs of the last days. The last season of time before he comes to get his church. And the very first sign that he lists is deception. Matthew 24, 4, Jesus answered their question, what are the signs of your coming? First thing he, sign he gives them is, watch out that no one deceives you. Ladies, the Christ-centered life ain't no playground, it's a battlefield. And it is full of voices. The world is full of voices who want to pull you away from the truth. The enemy wants to keep you from hearing and discerning God's voice because if you aren't sure about his voice, the enemy can keep you in confusion and doubt and then lead you to deception. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 11:14 14 that Satan disguises himself as an angel of light, meaning he will try to sound like God. So we need the Holy Spirit to help us tune in to the voice of the Good Shepherd so that we can distinguish between not just good and evil, but good and almost good. There may never have been a more important time in history than now for the body of Christ, his sheep, to nurture a listening heart. It's not easy and there's no formula. Discerning the voice of the good shepherd is a pursuit. And part of the pursuit is eliminating the noises and the voices that block our hearing. We are gonna pray in just a moment for a greater ability to hear the voice of the good sh- shepherd. But before we can do that, I have to make this point. If you are not one of his sheep, you are not going to hear the voice of a good shepherd. Remember those sheep that I told you about that went into the sheep fold? There were, nine, there were 10 sets of 100 sheep. And a shepherd would go in and he would call his sheep out. Just because they were in that sheepfold didn't mean they were all the sheep of the good shepherd. And many times we get lured in our lives thinking, well, I'm in the sheepfold. My parents went to church. We always did good things in our community. Oh, I've been going to church since I was, I was a little kid. I know, I know some Bible stories. That does not mean that you have a living, personal relationship with Jesus. You have to literally invite the Good Shepherd into your life and make a conscious decision. I've been following my voice and I don't wanna do that anymore. I'm a sheep and sheep are dumb and I'm not a good leader of myself, Lord. I've sinned, we sang that song earlier, there's a separation between me and God and good works are not gonna bring me into a relationship with God. I have to have a relationship with the good shepherd who then ushers me into the relationship with God. So before we can pray for our ears to hear his voice, we have to make sure that we have that abiding relationship with the Good Shepherd. So would everybody just bow their heads for a moment? Just bow your heads. And if that's you, you think being good enough, being good is good enough to have a personal living relationship with Jesus. I'm really here to challenge you about that today because if that's what you think, you are so susceptible to hearing the voices of other shepherds. So if there's anyone here today, you would just say, Michelle, I just wanna make sure, I wanna make sure that I'm not a wandering sheep. I wanna make sure that Jesus Christ is my good shepherd. I want to follow him. Would you just raise your hand so that we can agree with you in surety of that? Thank you. I see your hand, ma'am. I see your hands, ladies. I'm kind of looking in the middle of the room right now. Yes, I see you all the way in the back. I see you. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. I see you. Yes. Kind of looking over towards my right right now. Is there anyone? Yes, ma'am. I see you. I see you. Anyone towards the back right? My right. Yes, I see you. I see your hand. Praise God. Let's all pray this prayer together. Um, Father God, I come to you tonight recognizing my need. I'm outside the sheepfold and I need the good shepherd. I confess to you that I wanna stop living life according to my ways, my opinions, my belief systems. I want to follow Jesus. I wanna get to know him and I want his voice to become real to me. Forgive me of my sins, cleanse me and lift me up into your arms as the good shepherd does. Fill me with your spirit and begin to call me by name. Thank you, Lord. Now, I would like each one of those ladies, before you leave today, and this is really important, really important, Your friends will understand this. Anybody that brought you here is going to understand this. This is so important. Before you leave this room, you need to come to the front right over here, and there are going to be some ladies who have, oh, over here. They're going to have a gift for you to take with you, but you need to look at them. And you need to say to them, I became one of the good shepherd's sheep today and I'm gonna follow him. You need to declare that right away because the thief is gonna come and he's gonna try to steal and say, oh, that was just a moment. That was just an emotional moment. And that's a lie. That was the most significant decision that you will ever make in your life. And you need to declare it. And they they want to embrace you because you're now their sister. You're a sister sheep. It can be our new theme. -uh. We see each other in the hallway. -uh. -uh. All the men will start going, what the heck has been going on there? -uh. The next thing we're going to do is there's oil on your table. There's a couple of bottles of anointing oil. I want a couple people um, at the table, well, all of you, actually, I want you to put anointing oil on your fingertips, and you're going to stand up as you're passing the oil around. You don't need so much that you can fry a chicken on your fingers. You just need a little bit. Now, oil represents the presence of the Holy Spirit, all right? All right. And so, like, when the, when the Bible says, if anybody's sick amongst you, call for the elders of the church, have them lay hands on you, anoint you with oil. It's just saying, we believe that the presence of the Holy Spirit is here and His healing properties are at work in my life. So I want you to stand. Some of you are sitting, some of you are standing. Let's all stand, pass the bottles around. There's enough there for everybody and get them on your fingers, okay? So the first thing that we're going to do with this anointing oil is we're going to anoint our left ear first, not yet, but I'm gonna have to walk you through what we're gonna do. This is kind of what the Lord gave me in prayer the other day. Notice I didn't say, God told me to tell you, okay? <laughs> this, is what, this, is, this is the impression, this is the picture that I literally saw while I was praying for you all. So we're gonna anoint our left ear first and with that, we're going to say, Lord, forgive me for listening to other voices more than I listen to yours. Lord, cleanse my ear. Cleanse my ear of, of, of the noises that I've heard, the things that I've heard that don't align with your word and somehow they've seeped into my brain and they've become my thoughts. We're just gonna do a little cleansing time, okay, on the left. And then we're gonna move to the right when we finish that and we're going to anoint our ears to hear fresh, fresh revelations. To hear more when we go into the word. To hear with clarity. To hear with distinction. All right? So this is, I'm going to lead you but you go ahead and pray too. Like, if you wanna, you wanna say more than what I'm saying, you wanna be very specific, you wanna get really specific while you're doing the healing thing, Lord, just forgive me, Lord, for listening to that junk music that I've been listening to, which glorifies things that you would never glorify. God, just heal me of all those messages I've taken. It. Go ahead, whisper it out. It's gonna get loud, it'll, it'll get a little loud in here, nobody's gonna hear you. Be honest before God be honest be vulnerable and honest and authentic before him and just ask him to really forgive you of stuff you know maybe you've been listening to a lot of negativity from people and you're just all everybody you look at you know what's wrong with them because that's all you've been hearing about what's wrong with so-and-so what's wrong with so-and-so get that cleansed out let's shake it out get it out let the holy spirit heal you of that and then we're going to pray on this side okay you ready let's go for the let's go i need some oil I, I need some oil, I, need, I want my, my ears done too. I don't wanna leave here. I don't wanna leave here not getting my blessing. Okay, here you go, thank you. Thank you so much. All right, let's do the left, you ready? Oh Lord Jesus. God, there's so much in the airwaves today. There's so much that's stealing people's victories, Lord. There's so much that we listen to that's slanderous and contentious and argumentative and judgmental and harsh and bitter. Its root is bitter water. Lord, would you heal our ears? Would you heal our ears, Lord, so that, Lord, when we hear things that are not of you, Lord, it would almost be like that chalk on the chalkboard sound to us, Lord. And we would just go, oh, I can't listen to that. I can't listen to that. Lord, things that we've heard in movies and music, Lord. God, conversations that have been unpleasing to you. Lord, where you've grieved, your Holy Spirit is grieved. Like why are you letting that poison come into your ear? I've created that ear for the beautiful sounds. Lord, would you cleanse us? Would you forgive us? Lord, we repent. We repent for being cavalier about our hearing, Lord. God, we just say we're sorry. Help us guard. Lord, your word tells us to guard our hearts, but Lord, your word also tells us to guard our ears, Lord. Lord, wash the lies, those things that we've believed, that we've taken in, and we've believed them to be the truth, but they're nothing but a lie from the pit of hell. God, move it out. All those belittling sayings, all those sounds of unworthiness, less than-ness. God, wash them out of our ears, Lord. Cleanse us, cleanse us. The voice of shame, Lord. We've let the words of shame register deep within our ear, Lord. Wash it out, Lord. And Lord, for all those times that somebody has said, God told me, and then they followed it up with a manipulative statement. Lord, wash it. Wash, wash, wash it. Wash the conversation away. Heal And let the evidence of healing be forgiveness. And Lord, we anoint our right ear. Because Lord, we do the right ear because we want to stand right with you. We want our hearing to be right with you. We want to be found with ears of righteousness, Lord. Fill our ears, Lord God. Fill our ears, Lord, with praise. Fill our ears with truth. Oh God, give us a discerning within our ears, Lord, that when we hear something that doesn't align or agree with your word, we would say, that's strange and I'm not going there. I don't believe that. Lord, so often people will say something about another person and we stand boldly and we say, I can't listen to this because I know this is not them that you're describing. Lord, help us to be like that in a lot of other aspects of life, Lord, where when things don't ring true with us, we walk away from it. Lord, give us hearing ears. We wanna hear you in the morning hours. We wanna hear you in the afternoon. We wanna hear you at night. We want to hear the songs of deliverance that you sing over us. We want to hear the poetry of your language, Lord. We want to hear your warnings. We want to hear your encouragement. We want to be truth hearers, Lord. The truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Lord. Oh, God, thank you for the anointing of the Holy Spirit that's in this place right now. Move the needle in our life, Lord, when it comes to hearing. Let those who know us a month from now say, you have so much more clarity. You have so much more clarity. We ask for it, Lord. Would you just join me in this song or join Julia in this song that we're going to close with, which is just a cry to the Lord to speak to us and for us to have that ability to hear him. Let's worship that together. Word of God, speak. speak. Would, you, Would pour you pour down like rain? Washing my eyes to your majesty to be still and know that you're in this place please let me stay and rest in your holiness word of God speak will you pour down like rain washing my eyes Your majesty To be Be still and know That you're in this place Please let me stay and rest In your holiness Word of God speak Lord, what the words to this song tell me is that in order to hear you, we have to be with you. So Lord, I'm just asking you in my own life and in the lives of your daughters to us. God, move us to a season of lingering in your presence, and being satisfied to be there without company. Just you and me and a listening ear for the sweet, sweet whisper of your kind, gentle, corrective, challenging inspirational moving voice we love you we appreciate our families giving us the opportunity to draw together tonight and we pray Lord that this would be a week in which we grow in you and we make you known and we thank you for that in Jesus name amen Good night.